Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and it's 2024, baby. Who are you, friend? I'm Billy. I'm a sex educator and porn maker, and I... All, all I keep thinking is how silly it, w- it would be if I was like, and it's 2023 over here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was like, I should think, I forgot we do a third thing. We took a couple weeks off and I just immediately forgot the entire format of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just went and re-listened to last year's New Year's episodes and we began that episode as well by being like, we took such a long break. It's not in my muscle memory anymore. What do I say up top? Everything is the same, and that's comforting in a weird kind of way. (laughs) So an annual Dildorks tradition is at the end of the year, or in this case, at the beginning of the year, uh, we talk about the previous year in our sex, kink, and dating lives, how it went for us, what was new, what changed, what's not working, what is working. And then we get into some of our goals that we set for ourselves from last year, talk about whether we met them and try to set new goals for the new year. They're and... always a surprise for me, that bit. You're like, here's what you said last year. And I'm like, oh, shit, is it? Wow. That was an idea I had a year ago. Hmm, interesting. The funniest thing is always when you were trying to set a goal that was your goal the previous year, which is so relatable to me because I do have a goal this year that I had set for myself last year because I just didn't do it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's okay. That has to be okay. We forgive ourselves and we move on. I have one that's been on my list for the past, like, three or four years. Admittedly, that's not entirely my fault. I can't do it alone. And sluts (laughs) are hard to coordinate. But, like... Does it start with the letters D and P by any chance? (laughs) They're certainly in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. First question, just generally, bird's eye view. How was 2023 generally for you? Was it a good year? Bad Ugh. year? <laughs> I think everyone's kind of feeling like that. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a tough one, like overall. I don't know. I, mental health wasn't great. Felt pretty stagnant through a lot of it kind of started to improve in the latter half of the year more or less um but like yeah i don't know overall one didn't feel great mm-hmm. yeah i didn't feel like i felt very stuck through a lot of it and admittedly like i went back through to my own personal goals and things that I had written like in early or you know end of 2022 early 2023 and I had like a whole page of like things I wanted to do more of and less of and just kind of like where I was at and what I was thinking and what I was aspiring to and like I I was able to mark off more than half of the things as things that I like at least made a conscious effort towards and like in reading it, I was like, Oh, I like a decent amount has more than I expected at least has changed since early 2022. Mm -hmm. And I, despite like before I sat down, I was like, I'm just in the same place. I'm just a year past and I'm just still like this, I guess I reread (laughs) it and was like, Oh, I, I have grown in a, in a year's worth of time. Like I have, my life has changed and I, 
I personally have changed. And all of those are things that I see as like good things generally. Mm-hmm. But throughout the year and like looking back broadly, I'm still kind of stuck with a feeling of just like <clears throat> stuckness, I guess. And I'm hoping that this will be a more, I don't want to say productive, but like active year or eventful. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventful is a dangerous word. Let me take that one back. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't write that down. Don't. Um, <laughs> but uh, his paw is curling inward as we speak. <laughs> yeah no no thank you um but yeah you know i i I, pre-pandemic i was a much more active human and had a lot more going on in the world and we've all changed a lot over the past several years but i would like to move back to a person who has like a lot of goals and a lot of things i'm working towards and uh, you know, a, a lot of things going on that I'm passionate and excited about instead of terrified of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. A lot in there that I relate to. I think that feeling of stuckness is extremely common in these pandemic years. And I yeah. know that something that I have been struggling with is I feel a vague sort of like gnawing guilt and shame about like, I should be out doing stuff, meeting people, making mm-hmm. things happen. But then it's like, I, if I do try to do anything like that, I also feel a guilt and shame about like, I should be staying home and like mm-hmm. not seeing people and staying safe and keeping everybody else safe. And so it just feels like there's guilt and shitty feelings either way. And I think it is also like these feelings aren't all that dissimilar from 2020 and 2021, but in those times Mm -hmm. it felt a little more like, well, you know, the pandemic is new and it's actively happening and it it felt a little more acute. And now we feel it's been so long. It feels like we should be more distant from it. And it's like, why am I still dealing with the effects of this globally traumatizing event? Why is it still Mm here? And as we're recording this, we are having one of the largest COVID spikes in the like pandemic times right like it's it's very much not gone and Mm -hmm. trauma is gonna take a minute for literally the whole world to work through and i know that intellectually but i think feelings wise it feels like less of an excuse for lack of a better phrasing these days you know Mm -hmm. yeah i'm really just trying to be gentle with myself that's my big theme the last like few years uh i think that i also tend to downplay the progress that I actually did make this Mm -hmm. year uh I basically like wrapped up my trauma therapy process like I have one more appointment where we're gonna sort of wrap things up and finish unfinished business or whatever but like I basically feel healed to the extent that that type of therapy was going to heal me I mean there's still like work to be done in terms of implementing stuff in my day-to-day life until it's completely um you know, smoothed over or as close to that as possible. But I think I made a lot of progress that way this year. Mm -hmm. I also did my song a week challenge again for an entire year, which weirdly felt like one of the most important ways that I like managed my mental health and self image this year, because Mm -hmm. it was just like, even if my fibro was so bad that I couldn't exercise this week, or even if the pandemic was so bad that I like couldn't see any friends this week or whatever, it's like, at least I wrote and recorded a song and put it on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of why I'm struggling with the idea of like stopping now, even though like after two years, it was really starting to feel like pulling teeth every week. And I, I was like, maybe I'm burned out and need a break. But 
I'm jonesing for that hit of self-esteem, which is a little bit weird. <laughs> Probably can find other ways to get that, I guess, in theory. Uh, it totally makes sense, though. And it was <laughs> like, it was a big creative outlet for you, and it was kind of a consequence-free commitment. Like, mm-hmm. you were the only tangible thing that would happen if you didn't do it one week is that you would make yourself sad yeah and like that is kind of i don't know a good and novel motivation to have for things these days versus like between adulthood and capitalism and all of the things like it's not like a bill isn't going to get paid it's not like someone's going to be knocking on your door or a boss is going to be yelling at you or Mm -hmm. even a friend or partner will be grumpy with you even if that's in your own head right like Mm -hmm. it's just a thing you're doing for you and to be able to show up for yourself like that every week I think I like I understand why that was so important Yeah, and I think I have more sexual confidence, too, when I feel like I'm doing something that I'm proud of, Mm -hmm. whether it's this or something else. And in pandemic times, it has been really hard to find things to be proud of myself for because I'm just not able to do as much. Yeah. You've been doing more. I think this year you did more writing for yourself, though, too. Like you got back into fan fiction in a way that you haven't done for a little while, I think. That was all this year, right? We're going to talk about fanfic. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Next question, though, to zoom in a little more on sex, kink, and dating, what were some of the biggest differences in your sex life this year versus last year? I think this year I had some of the least number of new partners I've had for a while. Like, I shot scenes with a couple of new people that I haven't shot with before, like a handful here and there, Um, but not a ton. And then recreationally, I think maybe one new person I played with a bit, Um, and even that person is someone that I've been, like, flirting, oh, two people recreationally and both of them are people that I've been flirting with since like pre-pandemic times and had an opportunity to do a thing with it was like oh hey that would be fun maybe we do uh, something or whatever Mm -hmm. but I haven't been like dating or talking to new people or like like I mean sex with my partner is pretty much always the person who I have the most sex with these days but like Mm -hmm. it was pretty distinctly that this year And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, part of me is like, in the new year, I'd like to have more, you know, we'll get to goals, but like, you know, I should change that this year and have sex with more new people this year. And on the other hand, I'm like, but do I want to though? Like, I want to want to. Yes. But I think more, I just want uh, connection and like intimate conversation and uh social time with more new people this year and for me a lot of that historically (laughs) has also coincided with sex and like it'd be cool if it did i'm not mad about that (laughs) but like i don't know that it has to this year i like it's less of a priority for me Mm -hmm. and another big difference in i guess like the themes of the sex i'm having this year over last year is that particularly with my partner like it has been more about uh, 
rough sex, for lack of a better term, than about size. Like, they mm. fisted me a handful of times, and, like, I still use my relatively big toys, but it has been less about getting the biggest toys that I have into me or stretching my holes or, you know, doing the most extremes feels like an extreme word to use but you know what i mean uh less about that and more about uh roughness of the sex especially like in the way my boyfriend tops me he he, i'd say he has like a fucking machine mode he can just kind of go forever um and it has been more about like using slightly smaller toys so that he can fuck me as hard and as long as he wants without like worrying about my cervix or like you know any discomfort or anything like that Mm -hmm. i was trying to think if there's a phrase like quality over quantity (laughs) that sums up what you're saying and i was like worth over girth i don't know we'll workshop it We'll, we'll get something I just like the idea of me like riffing on a sexual concept and you sitting there being like, there's a pun in there. There's a, I can do a wordplay. No, just keep talking. I'll get the wordplay. Hang on. No, no, I'm listening. There's, what rhymes with girth? Um, (laughs) Very Kate energy. I love this. The weird thing is that I have pun brain to the extent that it can be processing that on a different level. Like I was actually listening. Oh no, I, like, I believe just... you. That was not that was not <laughs> subtle shade. Like I hundred percent believe that yeah. you're listening and processing what I was saying. And there was a small part of your brain with a little notebook listing all the words that rhyme with girth and just flipping the pages and hang on. <laughs> no, we'll yeah. get it. We'll get it. there's definitely something there. I know there is. Yeah, songwriting brain has to go somewhere uh cool all right well what was different for me let's see yeah, um I'm one of the big that. themes <laughs> like <laughs> it's okay i'm asking myself um the previous year i had been struggling with confidence around dominance because my partner had started mm-hmm. dating someone new and i was so actively in like trauma distress mode about their new relationship that it felt really untenable for me to be dominant Mm -hmm. Uh, but this past year you know like I said things are feeling better with regards to trauma stuff for me and so I was more able to do that we still have a thing where like generally my spouse will have to ask or beg to be put in chastity which is our container for my dominance Mm -hmm. uh, because I um still sometimes struggle to initiate that or it sometimes just doesn't really occur to me because I'm stressed and tired uh but we did do Locktober this mm-hmm. year um we did the full month of chastity and uh a lot of other chastity stints and yeah I just feel much more secure in my dominance I think I'm just continually learning more ways to be dominant in ways that make sense for me Mm -hmm. which is mainly leaning into this sort of bratty little girl dominant persona it's been really lovely watching you kind of like grow into that kind of dominant role though because like I well, we've been talking about kink for quite a long time, and, like, I don't know if, you know, a couple of years ago I could have described this flavor of dominance on you and said, like, ah, yes, this is what a dominant Kate would look like. Mm-hmm. And 
every time you describe it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's exactly like that. Yeah, that sounds like you. That sounds, you know, like it, it suits you <laughs> yeah. quite well and it mm-hmm. gives you a way to, I don't know, lean into like even just your flavor of luxurious things that you like, like that Taurus energy that you have where you're like, you know, like you like pretty things and you like people doting on you and being able to use that in a, like, I don't know, watching you kind of bring that between submissive to dominant energy and like back and forth. And the metaphor my brain's giving me is like putting different filters on the same picture, right? It's like the same mm-hmm. idea, but with these different energies layered on top. And mm-hmm. it has been really neat kind of watching you craft that. Cause I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that makes sense. That is the human that I know. And <laughs> Thank you. it's, it's new and interesting. I don't know. It's cool. Thanks. Yeah. We got an email from a listener named EJ who wanted uh, me to do an episode with my spouse about kind of evolving DS roles in our relationship. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think we will probably do that at some point. Usually I have MB on when you want to take a vacation or yeah. need time off for whatever reason. So we'll probably get around to that. Um, another thing is I did go on dates with other people besides my spouse. Uh, that was something that I wanted to do this year. I think nothing really felt I don't think I really felt like the intense like spark or like desire that I was really looking for in that area, but like it still was fun and I like the people who I've been going out with. Um, We'll see what happens there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that that plays into an overall theme this year, which was like, I've just been trying to accept the times when I don't want sex as much and just not like shame myself so much about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's, definitely a thing that's gotten easier with trauma therapy as well and uh another thing is i feel like orgasms have been slowly becoming different for me over the last few years they've Mm. been getting better i think but mainly it's like they're a little bit harder to achieve than they used to be but they're more intense and they feel like they they feel like they engage more of like the full internal clitoral network for me Mm. So, and I've kind of heard some other people talking about this, like as you get into your 30s and 40s, like orgasms might feel different. And um, yeah, that's been really interesting for me to observe as just a sex nerd who's interested in sexual physiology. That is fascinating. Because I've also noticed changes in my orgasm and like I attributed a lot of it to tea. Mm -hmm. Because like, I when I first went on tea, orgasms became a lot easier because my bits became a lot more sensitive, right? And mm-hmm. like to change shape entirely. So like sensation and stimulation and all of that feels particularly different, right? Yeah, um, probably a reduction of gender dysphoria doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it like it it also became to the point where like I was getting off faster than I wanted to often. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and that has, uh, premature ejaculation is not the right phrase, um, but like, (laughs) that has become less of a problem as like, A, I am just less sensitive, like my bits have pretty much settled into, I guess, the shape they're gonna be, like I am not in the acute first couple of years of second puberty, I'm, you know, six or more years in at this point, I think. I get off still slightly faster than I would like often. Like, I have less orgasm control than I would like. And 
I am way more one and done than I ever used to be. I used to be the kind of person who would have like several warm up orgasms and then have and like would have to keep going because my my body was just like we're not done and it's gonna <laughs> gonna feel like you're like blue balling yourself if you stop in the middle of this even though you've come twice already. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now I get off and I have a refractory period for the first time in my life. Where, like, both my body and my brain are, like, completely indifferent to sex. Like, like why are you still touching me? There's a lot happening. And it's not even, like, overstimulation. This kind of touch is almost painful in a fun way. It's more just like, meh, get off my... Why are you still touching me? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, And, like, that's really frustrating, because I, especially because my partner can get off multiple times. So, like, if I have, like, a plan for the scene or something and we're still in the, like, no, you were going to fuck me for a while and then you were going to get the strap and keep fucking me. And we didn't even get to the strap part yet. And I guess I'm done now. <sighs> right? <laughs> or you were going to yeah. eat me. You were going to fuck me a few times and then eat me. And you didn't even get to the particularly growly aggressive version like a thing in our role plays that we often have is like this creature has a slightly second form that either has a bigger dick or is more carnivorous or whatever right Um, you mean literal eat you yes not in the way that some people use it where they mean go down on me when they say no 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 no. i find I'm like, no, no, the the bites were going to go from like, ooh, fun, to like, ow, that's terrifying. And we mm-hmm. didn't even get to that version of this thing. This thing was going to like growl more and be like meaner and hurt me a little bit more. And like, I didn't get to that part. And I was excited about that part, but I guess I just came already because it was hot or whatever. Fine. <laughs> you spoiled your appetite before <laughs> their dinner. Hey. <laughs> Just went off on a on a on a temper tantrum there. Um, we were talking about changes in orgasms, but the, so yeah, the fact that like I am way more one and done is frustrating, and like the orgasms themselves, I've had a lot more ruined ones lately, and I don't know mm-hmm. how much of that is like my frustration of like trying to have better orgasm control and failing, um, mm. and how much of that is like biological or psychological or mental health things or any of the number of other factors um but i hadn't considered age being a factor in relationship to orgasms and sexual response and all of that but that is that's interesting yeah Yeah. i'd be curious to know what the science actually says about that yeah This episode of The Dildorks is sponsored by the Floor app. It's a new dating app spelled F-L-U-R-E, and it's trying to solve a bunch of problems with online dating. Online dating fucking sucks. It's so hard. I've had so many issues with it. We both have. Yeah, Uh, it's not a fan i every couple of months i like go back to a dating apps and i'm like this is how i will meet people near me and then it, like 48 hours later i'm like this is not how i'm gonna meet people near absolutely <laughs> yeah 
It was interesting to me reading about the thing that this app does, which is that all men, including trans men, by the way, uh, have to be invited by a woman, which in theory makes the men like a more vetted group. And as someone who has met up with men on dating apps who turned out to be, you know, like not feminists or not respectful of sexual boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. It's like nothing can really guarantee that you won't run into that. But it is nice knowing that at least one woman has been like, this guy's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of a practice at a lot of play parties, frankly, where you're invited by someone else who has been to the event before or has been vetted or whatever. And it kind of adds this extra layer of accountability where it's like, well, they said I was cool. So not only am I making myself look bad if I'm, you know, (laughs) acting less than stellar, but I'm also reflecting back on this other person who who brought me to this event and ostensibly trusts me to not be a dick. So maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be a dick. Yeah. Floor is trying to be a judgment-free, sexually liberated environment where you can embrace your true self and connect with like-minded people. And I did have a scroll through. There are a lot of hot people on there. They have advanced moderation to make sure you don't receive unsolicited content unless you decide otherwise. And they're great for looking for short-term stuff like a one-night stand or a situationship. And I love an app that pays attention to moderation in that sort of way because I know there's some dating apps out there that just kind of solve the problem of, quote-unquote, solve the problem of unsolicited dick pics by being like, well, no pictures for any of you. You're just... (laughs) We just take it. If you can't be nice, you can't have it at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess, but like, I sometimes I want a dick pic. Is the thing I just right. would prefer you to not open with it, right? <laughs> like, I would, you know, make make me want the dick pic before you send it to me. So I like an <laughs> app that gives me the flexibility to accept that kind of content if that's what I'm looking for, without having to be like all right, well, if I want to see your dick, I guess I have to give you my number. (laughs) I don't know. Man, I'm a slut. Sometimes I want to see the dick before I've decided I like them enough to give them my number. That's just, (laughs) it's how I live my life. I don't want to be judged for it. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're excited to try out a new online dating experience, you can check out Floor on the App Store or Google Play. Just type Floor, that's F-L-U-R-E into either of those stores and by the way if you're a man and you would like an invite we have a few to give away just send us an email at the dildorks at gmail.com with a little bit about yourself and why you would like the floor invite and i will get in touch if we send you one just you know don't be a dick (laughs) (laughs) make us look bad (laughs) thanks again to the floor app for sponsoring this episode now back to the show to get even a little bit more specific what are some of the new acts or kinks or activities etc that you tried this year or that you got more into this year so I talked about roughness and like I just got into it a little bit with the kind of like more carnivorous or aggressive kind of topping that my partner has been doing more of this year, which has been fucking great. Love that for me. A plus. Um, very, very into that. And that is like, 
definitely become a lot more of our dynamic. We've been doing more CNC stuff that involves like actual struggling, which is neat. Um, I think Mm -hmm. I've talked about that on the show before, but like finding the balance of like struggling against them in a way that is sexy, that isn't actually throwing them off of me, but that also doesn't feel entirely faked. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. like, Strength-wise, we're probably on relatively even footing. We're roughly the same size, depending on which one of us has been working out more consistently, might have the edge on specific strength. But I definitely have the edge when it comes to, like, actual fighting knowledge, for lack of a better term, right? Like, I have played around with BJJ. I have several other years in other martial arts and like my background. So I have a little bit of knowledge of how to actually throw my body weight around and and or how to use their body against them, right? That they mm-hmm. do not have. They took <laughs> we took a class at summer camp that Mr. O and Ropey Bunny taught. That was fantastic. It was great. And it was also like the beginnings of D knowing anything about grappling and still this is like six months later we're at a point where I will be holding them down and they're like wait what did Mr. Mr. O said I do that hang on no I do this (laughs) Mr. O showed me (laughs) they still can't do it it's really cute though Um, but anyway so I've been having a lot of fun finding the balance of struggling in a way that feels genuine for both of us that also doesn't feel like I'm like actually trying to get them off of me in a way that like is worrisome to them as a top right so that has been a fun little thing and they've been shoving my face into the pillow a lot which is also really fun like putting their hand just over the like side of my cheek or whatever and like shoving my face away from them which is just (laughs) oof I quite enjoy that that's been quite a lot of fun so yeah, I don't, that's that's been great. This is the section that I have like the most to say for though. So I figure we we alternate. So I'm not just monologuing into the listeners' ears <laughs> for the next like thirty minutes about the hot sex I had. I don't think they'd be mad, but I just, we figure this should feel more like a conversation for us. So what what do you have on your uh, new sex and kink things that you tried this year? Uh, so I'll start with a few things that are pretty dick centered. Mm-hmm. I gave my first foot job this year, which is kind of wild because, like, I've known that my spouse had a foot kink for, like, the entire time that I've known them, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had just never given a foot job because physically I felt like I couldn't get into the contorted position that I thought it would require. Because usually when you see them in porn, it's like the person has their legs bent at a very hard angle so that their feet are close together. And I just physically can't do that yeah um and there's a lot of like ab and thigh stuff happening too yeah you got to use your core like it's it's it always seemed really intense to me um and also like mentally emotionally i usually just struggle to do things that are new to me that i'm not confident that i'll be good at Mm -hmm. because i was a smart gifted kid and like so in adulthood if i'm not immediately good at something i get mad at myself yep relatable um Mm -hmm. Yep. But I did do it. I, if anybody is curious about actual technique, I believe what I ended up doing was 
lubed up the bottom of my foot and put it on my partner's dick so that it was just the one foot. I wasn't going to try to do it with both feet because that seemed too intense to me. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of like sandwich the dick between your foot and their Mm -hmm. stomach Mm -hmm. so that it's rubbing in between and like probably putting lube underneath as well so that you get some uh, Mm -hmm. slidey action there. And that worked well and I would gladly do that again. It's just all about finding a position where it's actually sustainable for me. Uh, and or blindfolding my partner so that they don't see when I'm like physically holding on to my leg and moving it because my <laughs> leg muscles get too tired. Uh-huh. Another new thing that I tried was something called ghost penis. I believe oh. we talked about this in a bonus episode as well. But it's this kink. There's like a whole subreddit for it. It's where you use a stand in as a dick and you stimulate it so that the person with the dick can look at what you're doing and the visual stimulation can almost feel like they're feeling it on their Mm -hmm. own body. Uh, So I've done a bunch of stuff this year with that, like jerking off a dildo in front of my partner or having them jerk off their own strap-on dildo when they're locked up in chastity and having that feel like actual stimulation, which is really neat. Have you done that mostly in person or long distance? I believe we've done both, Mm. but mostly long distance. The most common way we've done this is while they've been locked up. I've told them to put a strap on on while we're having phone sex and then they can like touch themselves um, and I'll have them fuck me with the strap on in our phone sex shared fantasy space. Yeah, the f- I did. I did a lot of foot stuff this year too. Is the thing I <laughs> congrats. Yeah, thanks. So okay, so the one <laughs> foot job I have, I don't know if it was the first foot job I've given a dick, but the one I did this year at least. Um, what I did instead of dealing with the whole core situation, I this is the laziest, bottomiest thing in the world, but I was like kind of on my hands and knees slash like kind of down on my stomach next to them with like kind of kicking my feet up in the air and the way you do when you like flirting with someone um (laughs) laying on my stomach kicking my feet that kind of thing and I just I just placed my lubed up feet in their lap and let them jerk off with my feet I was like yes Mm. you do that I will supply the feet you handle it from here look you can see the ass too it's nearby carry on you've got this (laughs) I believe in you no one else saw you saluting when you said you've got this i'll handle it from here that really made it i just feel the need to yeah, you really do get the the ideal uh dildarks experience with the visual medium too um but yeah no that is that was that was my lazy man's foot job um but i've also done a lot of foot stuff to my boyfriend which yeah yeah does require more core work does require more like of the thigh workout but like they're worth it and i love them (laughs) so it's fine because it's also really hot um so i've done foot jobs on t-dicks are so much easier because you can just grab it between your toes and like kind of hold on there and jerk them off that way which is really hot and fun and then you're just doing like little kicks which is you know (laughs) a little easier to requires a little less dexterity right so i've done quite a bit of that or i've had them like hold my foot and like do a little bit of jerking off with like their dick between my toes like that um but mostly i'm able to do that and i've put my foot inside them a couple times which is fucking neat and hot and like i'm usually able to get to like on the top of my foot right where kind of the ankle comes down to right so I can't like turn the corner and get like my heel in there or whatever but I get them like squeezing around kind of the arch of my foot in that like curve Mm -hmm. part which is or like the opening of their hole is kind of squeezing around there while the rest of me is in them 
and that is like I do a lot less movement. Uh, there is a little bit of movement um, and a little bit of even just like flexing my toes or like rocking my foot or something like that. Kind of the way I do when I have my fist in someone where it's like there is a little bit of movement. I might angle it different ways to get a little bit more G-spot attention or whatever, but like mostly it's the presence there and tiny movements feel like a lot when you have something that huge in you. Um mm-hmm. So that's been really hot. And I had, so my boyfriend still does the sex spreadsheet thing. Um, (laughs) And every time I record this episode, I get like a little Cliff Notes idea where they like write up a couple of things and they're like, here are some highlights from the sex spreadsheet that I reviewed. Um, And one of the things on there was just a note that I said, hang on, let me bring this up. Um, That's wrong. Uh, That's the one I was looking for. (laughs) The one I accidentally read just said, I feel like your fist had Adderall in it or something because, uh, yeah, I'm awake now. Which is <laughs> not what I meant. But sure. Okay. Hey, baby, does your fist have Adderall in it? <laughs> um, but no, there's there was one that just says, I came exclusively because of how f- deep my foot was inside you. And that seemed like a, a thing you'd like to know. Um, so, yeah, it like... <sighs> I think sensation-wise, having my foot in them, I get more sensation out of than having my hand in them. And feeling them, Mm. like, squeeze and pulse around my foot is more tactile sensation. Like, psychologically, they're both super hot, and they're both really fun. And the hand is a lot easier to, like, be dexterous with and do more with. Mm -hmm. But the bottoms of my feet are super sensitive, so, like, I think I do get more physical sensation out of that, which isn't, like, wildly notable. It's not like, well, that's my new favorite thing, fuck fists, but, like, <laughs> or don't fuck fists. You know what I'm getting at. Um, but it, it is interesting that, like, fisting is often very much a psychological thing or it's just hot because look at what I'm doing and because they're getting off on it and whatever. But I was like, oh, this has, like a very physical sensation on top of all of that. Neat. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's novel. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of makes sense because, like, yeah, your feet are touching, like, the floor and, like, various other things, but, like, they're just not touching as much stuff and doing as many things as your hands are. So it mm-hmm. would make sense that it would feel like a bit more of a rarer sensation. And you need a lot of nerve endings in your feet for balance. Like, that's what mm-hmm. allows you to stand and not topple over, is having, like, really detailed sensation, right? And, like, yes, you have a lot of nerve endings in your fingertips and your palm for that kind of dexterity of doing things. But when you're fisting someone, those are all curled up inside. And the part that's in contact is, like, the outside, the back of your hand, which is a little bit less nerve-rich, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know. Yeah. I ain't a fucking doctor, but, like... <laughs> That yeah. feels true to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, give me give me more new things from your list. Okay, I talked about this in a bonus recently. I came with a dick in my mouth yeah. for the first time, 
which is wild because as longtime listeners know, I've been a BJ fan for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I, I liked BJs before they were cool. That's a joke. The BJs have always been cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was cool. I'd never had an orgasm while a dick was in my mouth. It was, I was about to say it was harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> Rim shot. Um, in both senses, it was harder than I thought it would be. Uh, but that was fun. And also, we've been doing some role plays that have been incorporating chastity as an element mm-hmm. when my partner is locked up we had done some of that before but this year we were enjoying the fantasy of like we're on a first date or we just like don't know each other that well and I find out that you're locked up Mm -hmm. and um taking pants off and discovering a kinky secret and uh that's been fun because it just sort of makes more sense I think I I imagine when you are in a chastity cage and you're turned on, it's like pretty hard to forget that you're in a chastity cage. So it just makes sense to yeah. incorporate it into role plays. And on that note, we've been doing a lot of like first time type role plays in general because mm-hmm. I just find those fun from a psychological perspective. Uh, it's not that my relationship as is is like boring. Like I do sometimes recommend this to couples who feel like they are in a rut or like they're they're not finding sex exciting anymore and like that is not my problem at all but it does just like give a different psychological sensation and I find sometimes I like come harder or I feel like I'm more sensitive when we're in that type of role play because I think my body just attunes to it in a different way Mm -hmm. um when it's a situation that I at least am pretending to be not used to yeah because you're creating this sensation of like nervousness and not not bad nervousness but that nervous giddiness that comes from discovering someone new and like learning what they're into and learning what your bodies feel like together and there it you're you're creating kind of these stakes of like are they gonna wanna fuck me is it gonna be good sex when we do are they gonna and all that stuff isn't really there with your existing partner so i could totally see that even though it that's fabricated nervousness, like if you lean into it hard enough, your endocrine system doesn't know the difference, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And and getting all of those like fun, juicy chemicals running through your body can absolutely. I, I I don't love the choice to go with the word juicy there, but I'm just gonna keep <laughs> running with it. It's really not. Anyway, it it it, it does some things that that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, a lot of my reasons for wanting to try to date or hook up with people other than my spouse has been I do really like that excitement and Mm -hmm. uncertainty of doing stuff with new people. But I often have found in my life that when I go looking for that, it doesn't come as easily or quite in the ways that I thought that it would. Like, there's just so many factors to contend with when you're going out with a new person Mm -hmm. that it can be nice to just sort of isolate that one part of that that I really do want and just act that out with a partner who I know can give me that. Yeah. And these days I do find just, uh, I don't know if it's age, life experience, um, the world at large, what it is right now. But like these days I do find it in in practice like when you're actually having these conversations or seeking out new people or dates or whatever um it's too easy for that nervousness to just be nervousness instead of Mm -hmm. exciting fun energy it is 
it's too easy to see all the ways this could go wrong, even in little silly things, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, what if I do something embarrassing or what if they don't like me like I like them or any of these things? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they feel like more real threats these days. And I I don't know if that's scarcity from pandemic years. I don't know if that's just being in a body and brain that ex- that's experienced more heartbreak over the course of my life than I had in my early 20s like I don't know but mm-hmm. yeah I totally understand why like in the safety of like oh how's this gonna go it's gonna go great I know it's gonna go great they love me we're like kind of married or whatever but like ooh, how's this gonna go like <laughs> mm-hmm. totally understand the safety of that being really comforting yeah it's fun um and one more thing on my list for this question was religious role plays Mm. uh we had done this a little bit but uh my partner and i had been looking for sort of different ways to experiment with my like femdom dynamic when Mm -hmm. they're in chastity um just try out different sort of modes of that and we've been enjoying having them be sort of a worshiper or an apostle Mm. of me a goddess and often it's like there's a ritual of some kind, like a worship ritual, and maybe it's their first time ever doing it, or maybe it's something that they've been like practicing and studying for for months in preparation for it, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they've done it a bunch of times. And that is really nice for me as someone who has trouble relaxing into just receiving and um bottoming without feeling guilty about it because in that situation it's like that's literally the whole point (laughs) yeah and I love that so much because like when you talk about religious role play I think the first thing that comes to mind for so many people is religious stuff rooted in Christianity or Catholicism right and the taboo of you know taking something that is supposed to be very chaste and very like anti-sex and making it filthy right and the the taboo of sacrilege and that sort of thing, which, like, don't get me wrong, also super fun, right? Like, I don't have a ton of religious trauma in my history, so it's not a thing that's supercharged for me. But I also yeah. totally get it as a lover of taboo and that sort of thing. But what I love so much about what you're doing is that it is kind of sidestepping those really obvious routes and focusing on the devotion that religious stuff can play with and that particularly potent feeling of that that potent bit of power exchange that's built into it right and this feeling of of devotion to something that you see as holy right like Mm -hmm. that in and of itself is fun to play with outside of all of these other structures of you know power and all that so that's fucking great yeah, my spouse uh, went to Catholic school, and mm-hmm. they had told me early on that they didn't think any kind of like Catholicism or Christianity imagery or tropes would be something that they'd be comfortable subverting into kink stuff. Mm-hmm. Not because they have any kind of revere or respect for those things, but because they kind of don't, and <laughs> because like that was not a great environment for you know an agnostic trans kid who didn't know they were trans. Right. Um, so yeah, it's been fun to find different ways to play with aspects of that. My my boyfriend, who is a recovered Christian, uh, <laughs> often often laments that their the their particular flavor of Christianity that they were very deeply invested in for a part of their life is not the one that came with all the horny things that you could 
uh, eroticized. They're like Catholicism's got all their imagery, and they've got all this, <laughs> all this ornate stuff and these rituals and everything. We didn't have any of that. We can't. I can't. <sighs> they they can do some stuff, but they're like I can't. I don't have much left to eroticize. Like I, that just wasn't how we did church, and it's. <sighs> I couldn't do the kinky one. No, it's fine. Fine. Whatever. (laughs) You do have a paddle made out of old church pew wood, though, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. No, they do. And we also have (laughs) a a, a paddle made out of a Bible. So, like, we've we've managed some stuff. But particularly the church pew one, like, they held it and immediately were just like, this is what a church pew feels like. I know this Mm -hmm. wood. I know what this wood feels like on my thighs from just sitting in a church pew, like... And that was like, I could see like, it, that was a very visceral thing that was like fucking neat. But they definitely, every time we watch like a movie with like rich Catholicism stuff in it or whatever, they're like, they've got all these rituals and shit. They, it's already kinky. Why couldn't I? No, it's fine. <laughs> fine. I could, whatever. <laughs> but we. Was there anything else on your list oh, for new stuff? Yeah, I got several things. And you actually set me okay. up for a couple of them. Okay. Um, well, we'll run with the role play thing. This actually reminded me. This wasn't even on the list, but we have been doing. It feels adjacent to what you were talking about with this religious stuff. But we've been doing more supernatural kind of role plays, right? Like we've talked about the alien sci-fi thing for a while on this show, but this year we've done more demonic things, which does have mm. a different vibe than the alien. The alien is very much from, like, another world and is just kind of confused and fascinated by things. Sometimes it's a little carnivorous and aggressive, but it it has no connection to Earth life and understanding of it. Whereas the demon, when we play with that, feels a little more adjacent to it. We described it recently when we were having a conversation where we were like, you're a, you're, you're a critter. Are you a demonic critter or an alien critter today? Well, I don't know. Well, what's the difference, right? Can the alien be demonic? Eh, the alien can be aggressive, right? The alien can be more, uh, I don't want to say evil, but like more of a threat, more menacing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the alien is still alien, for lack of a better term. It's it's very divorced from all of this, whereas the demon, demons live adjacent to these kind of things, right? Even at its friendliest, it's kind of like a puckish pixie kind of energy, right? Where, like, it understands humans, but also is separate from them and wants to manipulate them and is out to get them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I described it recently as, uh, you know, sometimes you see those videos online of people who have, like, domesticated mountain lions who like lay in bed with them and stuff because it's rescued from like a zoo and it can't go back into the wild okay i'm looking this up (laughs) you see them every once in a while there'll be a viral video of like yeah we we rescued this from you know a zoo where it's trust it's been taught too much to trust humans so we can't just let it out it can't fend for itself anymore so it just lives here with me and it's like it it acts like a house cat and it could maul you if it wanted to. Like, like it I is... googled domesticated mountain lion pet and the images are very cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're adorable. And it's you're like, oh, this thing is really cute and is excited to be here and also is a wild animal that could destroy me if it wanted to. Like on accident, frankly, like it is 
threatening by its very nature. It's bigger than me. Like it's, and right now it's choosing to be a little pet in my home because that's nice. And my home is cozy. Um, (laughs) And that is often how the demon has been. Sometimes the demon like just shows up in the middle of the night to fuck me up and like, isn't a pet who lives with me or whatever. But other times it's just like, no, I've just, you're the human I've chosen to like, and I hang out here. Um, so yeah, we've been doing a bit of that and like adjacent to that, actually, I just got the boy a cage for Christmas. Um, oh yeah, I saw that. That's so cute. I know. They, I post- they were so excited about it. <laughs> they were, it was fucking adorable. I posted a picture, uh, nope, not a picture. Um, I posted a video on Twitter for folks who want to like see them seeing the cage arrive. Cause it was, well, the cage was here. They arrived, but anyway, um, see, letting them see it for the first time. Cause they were fucking adorable. It was really cute. Um, and I very much got it. Cause I was like, no, every time we see a cage at camp or at a kink event or whatever, their face lights up and they're like, can I go, can I go in the cage? I want to go sit in the cage and they will just sit in it happily. They will just sit there and be like, there's a cage is for me. Like we don't do sexy things. They're just excited that there is a cage that they can be in. So it's like, I got, I got to get this boy a cage. Right. So I got a relatively big dog cage cause I ain't got king cage money. Um, but it's one of the little folding dog crate things, and it's big enough for them to almost sit up all the way in there. They've got to kind of like hunch their shoulders and everything, and they're <laughs> delighted. They love it. And I, again, I, I like I knew they would. That's why I got it for them. But I was like, well, I don't know. It's okay. I'll put you in a cage. Sure, you want to be in a cage? It makes you happy. You can go in a cage. I don't. Okay, whatever. And then I put them in a cage, and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of horny about the cage. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm kind of into that. Is the thing. Huh. Good. I so I put them in there and then like one of the first nights I put them in there they were um in and out of it periodically throughout the day when they when I had first like shown it to them and I had to go to the grocery store and I went and got a cookie and like was like come on in the crate come on like threw it in the crate put it in the crate locked it <laughs> covered the crate up walked out went to the store and I was like at the store and I'm walking around and be like my boyfriend's at home in a cage my boyfriend's in a cage waiting for me. I locked him in a crate and he's going to still be in the crate when I get home. Kink is so romantic. It's so romantic, right? Um, and I like, I, I it's, it's only been a couple of weeks. I haven't quite put my finger on like what is fun and hot about it. Mm-hmm. But like maybe it's just the fact that they're so into it that I like, or I don't I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a sure degree, of, yeah, a de- degree of control, a degree of the fact that like no, they get horny when I put them in the cage. So I'm into the fact that they're in a cage, right? Because I like when my boyfriend's turned on. Like it may be as simple mm-hmm. as that, but I was a little just like, oh, I'm not neutral to this. I'm kind of into this. Neat, <laughs> interesting. Cute. Yeah. So that was really cute. I have two two more things on my list. One, you talked about dick sucking, and it reminded me that I did <laughs> my first blowjob class with a live demo with D this mm. year, which that's a class I usually don't teach with a live demo, but I was teaching it on a like porn camming site, and I was like, well, I don't want to just sit here and talk. I guess I'm just, I guess we'll take the dick out and I'll like demonstrate <laughs> and make it sexy because this is a sexy place and I got to do that kind of thing, I guess. And it was actually like really, A, it was a really fun and playful energy. Like we really, I just enjoyed doing it. I had their dick and I had a um, 
thigh harness with a dick in it on their thigh. So I could go back mm. and forth between sh- doing uh, T-dicks and f- factory installed dicks, right? And talking about the difference because that's the way I usually do the workshop. I go through a number of techniques and I'm like, here's how you would do something like this on you know, a T-dick. Here's how you would do something like this on someone without bits, right? Um, and I jump kind of back and forth, right? Because most techniques are relatively transferable between the two, or at least there is a, a similar version, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun and it was hot, and I genuinely think it added to the workshop. Like, I think... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was... We had more things that we said and showed and that just came to mind while I was doing it. And I think I was able to more clearly articulate exactly what I was talking about by showing the things. And I think it kept it more engaging. So mm-hmm. I I think I might do that with a live demo more often. It's not one that's going to require it. Like my spanking class pretty much requires a live demo for the way I teach Mm -hmm. it and the way it's written. And I don't think this is ever going to require one, but I do think including a live demo is going to become a more regular part of my offerings with that one. Cause like it, it was fun and genuinely made the workshop better, I think. So that was, yeah. And it bridges the gap between your porn side and your education side. And I think people are really interested in that type of content. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was fun. Um, and the last thing was uh, a scene I had at camp where, like, I didn't talk about camp much in here because I didn't do a ton at camp these past two years. This was a weird summer for me, and I had a weird headspace for, like, both of them. But I had – well, at, at Fusion, I had a fun knife impact scene, which was neat. Someone uh, spanked me with their knives, which was fucking cool. Because <laughs> they were like, you give good feedback. I want feedback on what this feels like. Let's do that. And I was like, yeah, great. Let's absolutely – we should mm. do that thing. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> but – and, yeah, I guess that does count as new. Um, and, like, I, I also had a fun scene where, like, the, someone was doing a lot of stomping on me and kicking me and that sort of thing. And that was probably one of the more boot-focused scenes I think I've ever done. So that was new-ish and just a hell of a lot of fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but one of the newest things I did at camp was I had a scene that was more cathartic than I think any scene I've done was. Um, hmm. It was... I think Sunday of summer camp. So I was like quite a few days in. I hadn't really played at all yet. I was not feeling great about it, but I was also not in it. Like I hadn't played because I wasn't in a headspace that was great for playing. And I knew that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is the right decision and it's awful and I hate it and I feel bad about it. And it was just this little spiral thing that was happening. Um, But I had been talking to a friend of mine who I've played with quite a few times at camp. She's a fucking delight. Um, And she was like, I would like to top you if that is a thing that you want to do. If you're not, that's fine, right? But like, if you have space for that, I'd like to talk about making that happen, whatever. And by Sunday, I was like, I want to want to do that. and 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 I want to do that. And also, I feel like this and I'm just a small little guy and I don't really know. Um, so we had a scene with, like, a lot of communication all the way through, and, like, 
some real mean toys. Um, and I was crying like a couple minutes into the scene. Like it did not take long because like I was, she was wailing on me with this like rubber cane type thing and like a silicone flogger type thing. Like a couple of like real mean real stingy things quite quick um that left some pretty marks and like it was the first scene that like specifically was not entirely designed but like specifically felt cathartic very quickly like Mm -hmm. i was looking back at the pictures recently and i posted a couple on instagram a couple days ago and like i am in the pictures you can't quite tell that i'm crying i was i was like just quietly crying through a lot of it but I was also giggling and I have a huge like euphoric smile on my face Mm -hmm. because it was just like and there's this there's one picture where like my hands are up on on the top of my head and like like arms kind of up over my face and a big grin on my face because it was just like this release of so much stress that I had had that weekend and it just it felt like one big exhale right to like and it fucking sucked and it hurt And I was like, oh, I'm doing the thing and all of the stress from this. And like, there is still space for me to be able to do this, even when I feel fucking awful. And I totally feel safe with this person and they're going to take care of me through it. And like, this person still wants to do this with me, even though I feel awful. Like, and Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, the collection of all of that just felt like a big exhale. And after that, I was able to participate in camp a lot more than I had been prior to that and like not in a huge way but I had more conversations with people in a way that felt more doable than anything else right and like Mm -hmm. I I was sitting around hanging out in groups instead of hiding in my tent and all of those things and like yeah I don't it was just a little bit of a release valve on some of the big tough feelings I was having that camp and it felt good to use kink in that way, and it was kind of new for me to ha- experience kink in that way. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love that type of scene as well, and I think especially in times of global trauma or personal trauma or both, mm-hmm. um, it can be really, really good. And it always makes me think about Emily Nagoski talking and burnout about the importance of a really big cry once in a while to just sort of complete the stress cycle. And yeah. It really helps me a lot. And like I, as we've discussed many times, I'm a person who cries a lot in everyday life. But there is something about a kink cry in particular that's like, oh, we are emptying out the pipes. And it's great. Yeah. And I do not cry easily at all. Um, (laughs) I like the last time I cried about something that wasn't media that i feel deeply about i truly i don't even know i couldn't tell you i don't think um (laughs) but so like kink being a container where not only i can do that but like it's hot and good that i do that is really really fucking neat where i'm like no no these a it's a sign that i'm enduring something difficult which is a big thing of what i find hot about pain right i'm like oh this is so painful it's making me cry that is an involuntary reaction that is oh neat i don't know it feels like the kink corollary of like oh it felt so good it made you squirt wow like i can see that (laughs) yeah Um, and also knowing that like 
the other person the the I, I play with people who find tears hot. I play with people who want to hurt me because it's fun to them. And yep. similarly, like it's like, oh look, I'm hurting you so bad you're crying. Cute. You look pretty when you cry. Like I like that's that is a the excellent container for that for me. Anyway, I've been rambling for a while about those last few things, but they were all fun things. I have big feelings yeah. about all of them. This is why this is a two-parter. Yeah. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about some fun things, including what fantasies we were really into this past year, mm -hmm. what sex toys we really enjoyed this past year, some of our best sex of the year, and then, of course, we'll get into our goals, etc., yeah. which is always fun. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Dildorks. Happy New Year, like we said. I've been Kate Sloan. You can find me online at katesloan.com. You can look up my song videos on YouTube. Just type in Kate Sloan. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, threads, wherever, at girly underscore juice or assorted other usernames on different services. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Um, I have two books out, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, and 200 Words to Help You Talk About Sexuality and Gender. Where is your stuff? I'm Billy Lore. You can find all my porn, information about my workshops, and all the other things that I do over at BillyLore.com. I'm on Twitter at BillyLore and Instagram at BillyLore underscore. I feel like there's probably some other shit I should plug here, but I don't fucking know. Together we're the Dildorks. <laughs> Together. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the Dildorks. We're at thedildorks.com. But the, the important thing is that you go to patreon.com slash thedildorks because that's where you can throw a couple of bucks our way to get access to our exclusive Discord where there are lots of sexy, dorky people talking about sexy, dorky, kinky things. Uh, and our Patreon-only bonus episodes. The Discord is $6 a month, and the bonus episodes are $12 a month. That's where you can hear about Kate talking about coming with a dick in her mouth, uh, <laughs> among other things that we've definitely talked about recently. And I totally remember because I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I want to shout out our top tier Patreon supporters. Your support for the past year and more has been so appreciated to us. Thank you to Amy, Amelia, MB, Nat, and Stabitha Christie. You can sign up at the $18 level to get thanked on every episode as well on our Patreon Thank you also to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you to our sponsor for this episode, the Floor app. Remember to type F-L-U-R-E into your app store of choice and get on there. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. It has the same energy of folks who write detailed scripts for customs for <laughs> yeah. smut where they're like, and then you say, do this and then that. And they, it right. is the most bonkers, like <laughs> poorly written dirty yeah. talk and it's like you're paying this person because presumably you think they're good at this they would write better dirty talk than this they're right. professionals but you're just like yeah play with your little cock your i your worthless little cock that little cock that you have that you're such a tiny cocked little 
small dick <laughs> bastard. I don't. <laughs> and you're like, if that's what does it for you. And if that's what you want to spend your money on. Right. But, it's just, it's always yeah. wild to me though. I'm like, just let them write us, let them do a thing. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.